Hello, welcome to another episode of Difficult Questions. This one is on supporting the weak. Specifically, how much should we support the weak? And, well, I would say a lot of people just offhandedly say society should support the weak. That's what society is about. But then I find many people unwilling to dig into the nitty-gritty of what that means, or they get frustrated and they, they walk away from it. So what do I mean by the weak? Well, I'm talking about mentally weak, physically weak, and positionally weak. I've done a lot of work with the homeless population, and this population has all three. But I would say liberal people want to say we should help everybody. They have no idea what that would look like, and they want other people to just handle it. Uh, maybe, maybe higher taxes will pay for higher taxes, but I don't want to get my hands dirty, or I don't know how to get my hands dirty. And conservative people throw their hands up in frustration because they don't know what to do. So they blame the people that are weak. Well, they don't want help. And then that gives them permission to walk away. But neither side really is willing to, to work through what this, this, this weakness is and how we can, can support these people because it comes, becomes very complex. So what I'm going to do is, is use my experience in life to really explore the nitty gritty of all of this. So like I said, I have worked a lot with the homeless and there are many different populations of the homeless, but let's talk about the mentally weak. What do I mean by mentally weak? Well, could be mentally ill, could be developmentally disabled. Now, both of those have very difficult questions when it comes to autonomy because we are human beings and we in this country arguably can be allowed to control ourselves. We have rights over our own person. So you can only make someone do something or put someone in a program to a certain extent before you start violating their human rights. And as far as mentally ill is concerned, some people get in this situation where they get off their medications or they don't have medications. And they feel better, so then they stop taking their medications. And then they start into this downward spiral of mental illness. And the mental, mentally ill don't know they're mentally ill. So they have difficulty accepting help. Well, what are you going to do? Are you going to force help on them? That gets really sticky. Historically, what we have done is we have wait till they've committed a crime 
and then we can incarcerate them and make them better. But then even that gets into problems because they get stable on their medications, they get released, then they're allowed to not take their medications. So what do we do? Now, I don't have the answers here, but these are difficult questions. Then you have developmentally disabled. Everyone wants to feel useful. And for a short time, I got to work with the developmentally disabled. I was working for a nonprofit that placed them in, in jobs and positions. The, the conundrum came with the expense that it took to get people into those positions because you had to have a supervisor for those positions. So now this one person had at least another person with them that you had to pay for in order to give them a job. And these developmentally disabled came from pretty affluent families who could pay for the company that support them. So what if you have developmentally disabled that comes from a, a, a non-affluent community? Very difficult. How much money do we use to support a single person that maybe can't support themselves? Physically weak. In 2005, I got in a motorcycle accident. I broke my leg and hip and I was in the hospital. I had just moved to Riverside, California. My family was up in Sacramento and I was pretty much alone. And when I got, it was a major emergency. I got into the ICU and I was in the hospital for two weeks and in a rehab for a week. But when I got there, I realized that Unless I had family, I was screwed because I was on drugs. I was on pain medication and they were asking me questions. Unless I had an advocate that knew what I wanted, I was in a physically weak position and I couldn't do anything about it. So... Even though they have, hospitals have patient advocates, they don't know you. So that was real eye-opening to me about, well, what do I do if I'm alone and I can't walk and I'm hospitalized and I can't help myself? It, it was really almost disheartening because there is no answer. If you don't have a family, there is no answer. If you don't have friends that are willing to step up, there is no answer. And that's what really just shook me to the ground. Fortunately, I had a person I was dating at the time decide that they were going to help me. And if I hadn't had her I don't know what I wouldn't be able to do because even when I moved out of the hospital to the rehab center, I had been living on a, in a room in a guy's house on the second floor. I just broke my hip. I have no place to live even when I can go home. So she 
moved me out of that place and into her place. If I didn't have that, I, I don't know. I don't know if there would have been social services that could have helped me, but the help that she gave was way more than social services would be able to do. So as far as physically weak, when you are in a wheelchair, when you are, you have only one arm, when you are unable to lift things, when you are unable to do normal things, how much support and how, how much does support does that person get to live their life? Is it one for one? Do we assign a person, an able person to help a disabled person? Do we pay for that out of taxes? Is that a whole other growth industry? And then positionally weak. So this is the most kind of undefined weakness, but it could be you don't have a network of people. It could be you don't have money that you grew up with. You don't have access to jobs that can pay you well. You don't have education. You don't know how the banking system works. That's my positionally weak uh, situation. And I bought a house in 2006, right at right going into the 2008 housing crisis. And in 2008, I got cut back at work. And so I called my bank and I said, hey, in about four months, I'm not going to be able to make this mortgage payment. And they said, you have to stop paying us before we'll even talk to you, which really threw me for a loop because I was trying to be an upright standing human being and tell them what my situation was and through no fault of my own except ignorance of buying a house when a when a realtor and a and a um, escrow agent told me I should do it I did it against my gut that's my fault I'm a huge personal responsibility guy I'll take that hit but something was going on the banks and the realtors, they knew what was happening. In the movie, The Big Short, I watched that and I thought, oh, I lived this. This is what I lived. So you have these kind of predatory situations where people know how the game works. Try, they try to get you playing the game when you're ignorant. And so when I, I realized that I was positionally weak, uh, that's how I started working on homeless stuff because I realized that I was being asked to be put, made vulnerable to be homeless. And I was an upstanding member of society and I was educated. I was teaching at a university. I was a stable member in my community. I was helpful and I was gonna become homeless. Uh, yes, it's, it's just that easy. So what do you do when you're positionally weak? What do you do when you get in a motorcycle accident and you don't have friends to help you? What, what do you do? Do we, do we have social service to help people that don't have friends? I remember going in, I had health insurance and I was going to see the eye doctor and they said, well, do you have a ride home? I said, yeah, public transit. And they said, no, you have to have someone. I said, wait, does this insurance mean that I can pay for the services, but I can't get the services unless I have a family. And they said, yeah, basically. 
So do we do we feel that? Do we do we become does society give people families? How how do we do that? And and again, how much is that going to cost? I'd say it's worth it, but can we logistically pull that off? That's a huge expense. I want to talk about the elderly because the elderly tend to be positionally, physically, and mentally weak at some point. I was listening to a guy in Scotland who has a very highly touted social services program for health. His mom was going through uh, Alzheimer's. And he said at a certain point, she still wanted autonomy, but she was making mistakes. And even with great health care in Scotland, the best health care was him taking time off of work and his brother taking time off of work to, to just be with her. And she would want to make decisions and for her mental health, they would let her, but they would kind of be the wrong decisions. So I've run into that with, well, my dad wanted a new alarm system in his house. And we were like, you don't need one. You have another one. But he felt he needed one. So we talk about these predatory companies going after the elderly, telling them they need new alarm systems. But are they allowed to make bad decisions in our mind? I mean, again, it's this autonomy problem. When do we take away their autonomy? And this guy with his mom with Alzheimer's, he was just happened to be in a position that he and his brother could be there with her, period. How many of us can do that? Because if you have one person that needs 24-7 care, that's more than three full-time jobs of people to take care of one person. How, how do we do that? I, I, again, don't have the answers. I just love asking the difficult questions. I have some of the answers and some of it has to do with a lot of sacrifice and, and, and really a lot of it has to do with, we have to start at the beginning and never lose our families and never lose our communities. We have to know that those are important. And in the capital, the world of capitalism, we need those people because sometimes we just can't afford what it would normally cost if we tried to purchase everything. So solutions, right? We either help people, we kill people, or we abandon people, we neglect them. And killing people is off the table, unpopular, has a very bad history, eugenics, right? We're not going down that road. It's hard to defend. Even though I did talk to another lady and she said, if I don't know what's right and what's wrong, just give me a pill. <laughs> I said, well, that, that's illegal. We can't do that. She said, I don't care. You have to do that. You have to do that. So let's not um, talk about killing people right now, but know that that has been a thing when you can't support someone on your own historically. And it's not necessarily, it's arguably okay. You know, euthanasia, mercy killing, some 
societies, some states in the U.S. allow it. It's highly volatile. I don't want to get into that right now, but so we're not going to kill people, right? Can't, can't kill them. So you either take care of them, maybe a lot of money, or you neglect them, which is what we do. We, uh, I always say freedom equals neglect in the United States. And it's true. I live in Los Angeles. There are tent cities everywhere. Tents, 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 tents. People are just out. And there, a lot of them are addicted to, to drugs. And so that makes it even more difficult to get them back, but it also makes it more difficult for them to live quality lives. They just live in a world of self-hate and escapism and, or escape. And what do you, how, how do you do with that? Well, right now we neglect them because if we contact them, we could get sued. And our, our world right now is to kind of not, we skirt liability. I remember going back to a, a, a hospital situation. Surgeons won't work on someone they don't think they can have a successful surgery on. Why? Well, malpractice. They want success as well. And even if you're willing to take the chance, they're, they're a human being too. And maybe they're not professionally willing to take the chance of losing someone. So no killing, right? If, if, a, if a physician, if a surgeon feels that there's a, a greater chance that they're going to lose you on the surgery table, they won't do it because there's no killing allowed. No, I'm not taking the chance. And who's right and who's wrong? Is the surgeon right for not killing? Is the, the person that's on the surgery table right for getting the surgery because they got, they got nothing else? It's, it's their last shot. Man, these are difficult questions. So neglect, that's what we do. We neglect them. This is my solution. This is what I've come up with. This is kind of my, my whole thing for life is I try and get people tools to make them stronger. Do not be weak. We've got a movement that's been going for the last few years, and it's, and it's trying to convince us that weakness is power. Weakness is not power. Weakness is vulnerability. Try not to be weak because we aren't set up to handle the weak. Right now, we will ultimately, if you don't have a family, if you don't have a community, and if you're either mentally weak or physically weak or positionally weak, it's easier for other people to neglect you and you care about you most. So my whole goal is to get people as strong as they possibly can. And I know other entrepreneurs that that is their goal. Some people don't want to get strong because for some for reasons, sometimes weakness is their comfort or weakness is just their reality. This is Look, this is who I am and I have to accept it. And you know what? It's their life and they're allowed to lead that. But what do we do with that as a, as a society? And how big is society? Who do we pay for? Do we pay for as the United States, pay for everybody in the United States? The United States is big and very diverse. Do we do everybody in the state? Do we take care of everybody in the city? Do we take care of everybody in the neighborhood? I am a proponent that... We take care of our communities, whatever, how big, however a big a community you can support. Maybe your community is one person. Maybe your community is just you. That's really dangerous because at some point you're going to need help. 
I am very independent. My friends just laugh at me how ridiculously independent I am. And I need help at some point. And I was really fortunate to, to meet my landlady who is on team success with me. And we are on team success together. And that's a very rare situation that your landlady <laughs> is the person that that's your family, that's your community. But she has become my family and my community. Uh, shout out to Rita's World podcast. She's an amazing inspiration. So you should watch her stuff if you're not. It's on the same YouTube channel as this. She deals with far less difficult questions, far more inspirational. I deal with the hard issues. So what do we do? What in the heck do we do? How, how much does society support the weak? And do we decide what week and when and how? And how does that work out? Such difficult questions. Thanks for taking this journey with me. Take care of yourselves. Thank you.